good. Well, it's good morning, good afternoon, everybody. Um, I'm very glad to be in Hamburg today. This is not my first time, it's my fourth time. And um, I feel very much at home here because my last two times, um, I'm with Kalaraba, our very good partner in Germany, and they really make me feel at home. So thank you very much for my, all my friends here. Um, today, I'm gonna talk a little bit, uh, a little bit different topic in terms of marketing and how we are reshaping marketing in China. And um, I'm going to cut a lot of my slides because I think it's really boring compared with whatever we are talking about. So uh, to save you some time, I'm going to cut off all these background slides and go right into the nuts and bolts into some of, you know, sharing a, a very interesting case with you. Okay, just um, uh, a little bit into uh, why I'm here is because I, I think I'm... Oh, what did I do? <laughs> um, oh, what did I do? Oh, okay, so I should move this here. This, this way? Anybody know which slide I should? Oh, here. Okay, got it. All right. So uh, most of my career, I've been in advertising. I was the chairman CEO of Great, Great Global Group for a long time, but I started at WE uh, back in 2005, and then was into marketing, advertising, social media, e-commerce, whatsoever. And um, most of my t career, I started uh, in advertising, uh, I, I started in China when China first opened up its doors back in 1989. And I remember in those days, what I was doing mostly was telling them what I learned from the West in terms of branding, brand management. So I worked on Wrigley Chewing Gum, Procter & Gamble, and all these brands, bring the best of Western management, brand management expertise to China. So it was a lot of learning. But what's happening in the last 10 years Things have changed a little bit. With internet, with digital, China now is actually becoming quite advanced in terms of particularly the application of digital in marketing. So I'm going to share some of this with you today. Um, so this the, on the left is um, we just our company just had an event there, and this is a hotel under a, a mine. Okay, so it took them 12 years to build this. But what, what was interesting is this hotel. Everything is voice activated. You know, you close your curtain, you, you tell them to turn the light, everything is voice activated. Except that you've got to speak Mandarin. It doesn't work in English. <laughs> um, and then on the right hand, if you get, go to a lot of hotels nowadays, um, and I said, I, can you bring me to the, uh, tell me where the Japanese restaurant is? The robot will bring you there. So this has happened very quickly. Um, and then, you know, you know there's a lot of bicycles, now it's all bike sharing. Um, there's all these traditional stores, and now a lot of the, um, uh, you know, like Amazon Go, a lot of the, uh, uh, the internet stores. And now if you see, people don't really go to, to, to eat anymore. They all have food delivery, and this is really, really common. So what is happening is, uh, as, as uh, a lot of people are talking about today, technology is changing everything. So people are very social, uh, it's all about content, and if you don't have WeChat Pay and you go to China, you're out of luck because they don't accept cash anymore. Most, mo a lot of places like taxi, they don't take any more cash. So um, I'm going to skip all that because you can start in WeSocial. Basically, the point is that China versus Germany is very much uh, social and very much mobile-driven, particularly in terms of, of uh, mobile payment. And by far the number one uh, country in terms of e-commerce. Now, why is so? Why are people social and why so much into e-commerce? It's because the big companies like Tencent, Alibaba, and Google, they're doing everything. 
they have provided a complete ecosystem. So if you're the um, little manufacturer, the, you know, the brand, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to know any technology. If you know how to use the ecosystem, you just need to know how to sell. And that has become very convenient. So for example, Tencent basically do everything. They cover every part of your life. So you not need to know at what touch points to reach them, and then you'll be able to do it. And behind it, of course, they're collecting all your data. I know that Germany is very afraid of this, but in China, people are, are very willing to give away their data for convenience. So this is not really an issue. That's why the use of data in marketing and retargeting is not an issue at all. We all heard about the Double Eleven, um, that, that, um, which is the biggest shopping festival now in the world. And actually behind it, why is it so successful? It's because they're getting little, little entrepreneurs, getting all these little mom and pop stores to join in the game. Because again, you don't have to do anything. They provide logistics, they have the, you know, you just put your merchandise there. And, um, and, and so behind this, the whole, whole thing that works very smoothly. So it's a very sophisticated ecosystem with payment, et cetera. The other thing is that, you know, China is known to be what? Copycats, right? <laughs> But it seems that right now, a lot of the digital technology, particularly in social, is being copied. So here's an example of a research that was done um, in terms of uh, you know, these super apps like WeChat is now being copied by Facebook, by Line. Um, particularly social commerce using a lot of um, live streaming. We're talking about live streaming, and that's really popular. And also a lot of short videos. So what's happening in China? We don't talk about O to O anymore, online to offline. We talk about OMO. It's really the two very well merged together now because of very advanced technology. So it's merging all your supply chain, merging um, not only the brands and the products, but merging all the data and making it very ubiquitous. So a good example, I don't know how many of you have been to China, have went to this Hema stores. This is more sophisticated than Amazon Go. It is um, from Alibaba, who is on e-commerce, and now they're building a lot of supermarkets. So the supermarkets, you just go in, you go in, and already they know you because um, you, you, you have your WeChat identity, so you can just scan anything you want. And then up there, you see those little things out there. Little, if you scan it, they will be at the counter waiting for you. And if you don't like to take it, it will be delivered to you. There are people in their motorcycles within 30 minutes. Um, but the interesting thing is about ex brand experience. So what they're famous for is fresh. They sell fresh vegetables and fresh seafood, like lobster. You can pick your own lobster, pick your own crab, and weigh it. So it's very real. And most people today don't know how to cook, right? So you can get it cooked right next to you know, the little counters there. So you can eat while you shop. So this is what they're doing. It's whole combination of what I call O2O. And even the most traditional, you know, you've been to hot pot restaurants, you know, where you put the food in the soup. So this hot pot restaurant is all uh, very famous for the service. In the past, you have to wait an hour, two hours. And while you're waiting, you know what they do for you? They give you free peanuts, free food, they paint your fingernails, and you know, you just wait. But uh, now, instead of doing that, they now have robotics. So at, at the back, the kitchen is all robots. If you order something, they will prepare your food and have the robot delivered to you. And, um, and uh, when, while you're waiting before in the old rating room, is now they have a big TV screen like this. You can play games with each other, even with people you don't know. So it's very interactive. And then the environment changes, you know, because it's all digital. But one thing they haven't done 
cannot replace robot, it stays put still a lot of front-end stuff to make sure that the surface. So what it's really doing is the back-end kitchen where you are afraid of food safety, they put the robots there. So I think this is a very, very good example. So if all this is happening, we're the ad agency, we're not running hot pot shops and doing all that. So how is this changing our lives? What are we doing about it? Um, so we work on Lufthansa, um, and um, we, we, what you need to do, do is, although there's a global campaign, if you're in China, you've got to understand the digital landscape and be able to talk to them in the new media. Otherwise, nobody will hear your story. So we have to talk about these life-changing pieces in stories. So we created all these stories, different motifs, local stories, and we're always putting them, not just the traditional advertising, which we still do, and outdoor, but we put them in, uh, for example, in Jihu, which is you ask the questions about the answers, in a Himalaya, which is like an online training platform, in podcasts, in online um, news platform. So you have to know all the right places where people will actually go and deliver your brand story. And even um, getting engagement. So this was a very successful campaign we did for Lose Cancer where um, we solicit pictures from you. So we work with um, the version of, you know, they actually represent Getty Images in China, the biggest. So they have a lot of photographers, or amateur photographers, and we have them gather all the pictures of travel that's changing their lives. So this is an example of one of those award-winning examples. So what's happening? You know the biggest problem with advertisers today? Fragmentation. You have so many, oh, that's a, live streaming uh, agency, this is a social agency, there's ad agencies, there's a media agency, digital agency, absolutely confused. And there's so many platforms booming up every day. So what we find is that actually, um, as a brand agency, increasingly you need to close the loop for the client. So you have to do integrated communication, but also need to understand home marketing and also the product development and in terms of the idea, not just um, the communication idea, it can be a product idea, have the idea and then create a product, and then understanding all the omni-channel. So behind this, of course, very importantly, is collecting information and data so you can funnel these consumers and have a 360-degree view of your customer. So as an agency, we have always been a brand agency, but at the no now you have to be a customer agency leader. How do you consolidate all these bits and pieces and have this total view. And this is what actually um, we're beginning to do. So in summary, we think the agency of today got to be data-driven and has to understand how to use the latest technology. But at the end, we're still creative, creativity. But most importantly, everything we do must lead to business growth. In the past, we cannot justify, we don't know. But now you know. So if we are not generating business growth, if so we judge creative content, not on how many likes we have, but on what conversion it drives, and keep optimizing and learning from it. So, so this is what we're doing now, you know, with aggregation of data and analysis and getting this view. So I want to spend time on this. Okay, this is a very good example. This is probably our best case last year. We won a lot of awards. And because how do you have a Chinese brand of coffee Coffee is a Western thing, we don't drink coffee. Um, and so Chinese brand, we don't pretend to be a Western brand. How can it disrupt the business? It actually really beaten up Starbucks. 
Starbucks have been in the market, I don't know for how many years, maybe 10, 15 years, by far the number one, everywhere they go, as you know. How can we beat them? As a Chinese brand startup, no, no background in coffee, no nothing. So this is the story. Overall, why we went to the coffee is because the per capita assumption of, uh, in China is very low versus US, versus Finland. I don't know about Germany, but maybe close to the US at least. So it's still a lot of potential to grow, right? But the reason um, why it is not growing so much is because people's habits are changing. So now instead of you know, uh, shopping habits, you don't go to the department store anymore. You don't go to the uh, shopping center. I mean, you just go around um, you know, about two, two kilometers around you. So people are very decentralized and everything can be delivered to you. So we, and they want it now. So what we need to do is think of, we're not doing product marketing, we're not really selling coffee, we're doing user marketing. Now, what do I mean by that? First of all, we identify who we can really reach. Still, coffee is a very Western thing, so we're just going after the white-collar young generation. We're very clear about very hard to change you know, the, the old people who are still drinking a lot of tea. But they have decentralized living, they, they just like to go within the proximity, and they want everything now, so what we're saying is that, okay, so how are we going to beat Starbucks? One, you must have a better product. So we take our coffee beans are 20% more expensive. We go to the same supplier. We have the WBC uh, coffee, you know, the famous coffee makers do our formula. So our quality is better or at least on par. But the thing is affordable. A cup of Starbucks in China costs about for uh, 4.80 euros. It may not be very expensive to you, but it's very expensive in the Chinese standard when income is still relatively low. So we want to make it 40% cheaper. So we're selling it for three euros only, okay? So affordability. And then accessibility. We need to have stores everywhere. So how are we gonna do it? So our strategy is we are not the third place. The third place is out of date. We are any moment. So what do we mean by that? So first, as I said, with the best coffee, we have a lower price, but we are able to do that because we have built a cost structure that allows you to afford it. And we create a lot of usage occasions um, instead of spending all our money on rent. So we, it, this is what we call smart retail. So we are the new retail for national coffee. So in other words, what we do is, first of all, the difference from Starbucks is we don't have a lot of big flagship stores. We only have one per city, so we don't pay a lot of rent. Most of them is relaxed stores, you know, like, you know, maybe about uh, four or five tables, and even counters. So we can set up counters everywhere in all the offices. We encourage you to pick up and go. Secondly, even if you go to our store, you cannot pay cash. You have to download the app. So you have to download on your mobile phone if you have to order through the app. We encourage you to do so, so know, we know who you are, what you've bought, how many you've bought, where you've bought it. We can upsell, cross-sell you everything. And with that, we can better understand our profiling, where should our next location be, and also our supply chain. So our coffee machine is all IoT. It's linked right away to the cloud, and we can optimize all the logistics. So, in other words, 
if Starbucks, as you can see, spent all this money on retail and rent, we're saving all that and passing it on to the consumer. And um, we, mostly we want, we can deliver to you, so it's 30 minutes of free. Because of this disruption, Starbucks is copying us now. So they are also delivering coffee. But you know, with every cup of coffee they deliver, they will lose money because they don't have the affordability and, and the margin to deliver. So having said that though, it is still important. Brand is still very important. So because we're cheaper, the more important it is to build the image of the brand. So we have created a brand world. If Starbucks is green, we're blue. There's no scientific reason why it's blue. Um, it just differentiates us. <laughs> um, because some of my clients said, oh, why don't we make it brown? Well, brown doesn't stand up. And I have to tell you another secret. A lot of people, why is it called Luckin' Coffee? Do you know why? Again, there's no research. We didn't come up with a name. The client didn't come up with a name. The lawyer came up with a name. Because every name you can imagine has been registered already. So here are just you know, five names that's not been registered. <laughs> Choose the one you want. <laughs> and that's how, we, that's how we ended up with Luckin' Coffee. So, so we said, this is one of our ads. We use two celebrities. Um, They're very famous, too, so we have the image. So we are not for packaging, we're not for place. We're just a cup of good, great coffee. And we use a lot of social, a lot of viral. We didn't use lots of uh, television. It's the ad on mobile. And um, so this is the other celebrity, also a very famous lady. So we, and she's saying, OK, why don't you try this? It's on me. So actually, most of the, um, I'll show you, um, so our creative idea is a cup of imagination. We are targeting your mobile. So we go to your WeChat, we know where you are, what time it is, with different scenarios. So now you're in a conference, we say, oh, you want a cup of coffee? Are you, are you want to keep yourself awake? Then we deliver, just order through the app. So it's very, um, um, uh, really tied to the occasion and the situation. Because as I said, coffee is still very new. So this is the ad. Oops, can we have some sound? So she says, who doesn't love it? That's all. So very heavy, just very simple blue and white branding. And most of the marketing dollars is spent in uh, social commerce. And what I mean by that is that the, how we get you is we want you to try it. But the best way is to send out coupons. But if you have coupons, you would throw it out and nobody use it. And we know that the best way is people don't listen to brands anymore. They listen to their friends. So if you download our app, you get a free cup of coffee. But more importantly, we give you a coupon to give to your friends. And if your friends download, they get a free coffee, and you get one too. So the more friends you recommend, the more coffee you have. So we use this viral to, you know, ju we're just giving out free coffee to attract a lot of people. And, um, and then you know uh, you you have to scan the QR code, etc. So it's triggering, uh, triggering it. Now it you want to be seen as a popular brand, but we don't have that much money. So everywhere we go, we use 
WeChat to target you, you know, social. And then we only advertise in elevators because they are these elevator advertising. So you see them all the time because you tend to go to work there all the time, you go home there. So you see it all the time to think it is very popular. So we, as we expand, we expanded our, 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 you know, our coverage. Um, and we use a lot of mobile advertising like that. So results in 12 months, we were in 22 cities. Uh, and then uh, we have 12 million users, 60 million orders, and we have sold 90 million cups. So we started in January of 2018, and we by far reached become number two by end of the year last year. And within seven months, which is um, in May this year, they went IPO on the NASDAQ. So the story is actually, um, that, so anybody who wants I know, um, to catch up, we can always, um, you know, here's my, my contact. I think the story is this. You cannot fight a leader by copying what they do. What you got to do is understand what your own core competence is and do it in a different way and disrupt them. The reason why Luckin Coffee is able to do that is you know what their background is? Their background is car rental. So they are like you Uber, you know? So you have to download the app, you're at the airport, you, you know, they find you the driver near you and deliver, you know, the driver come to you. They're just using the same thing for coffee. So they have a standard to a science how to get you the nearest um, location to deliver to you. And so they use their core competence very smartly. They use internet thinking because this is what the new consumers are doing. And they were able to use all that data to better plan and better optimize. Whereas Starbucks still have a lot of old stores and the old way of doing things. And only by disrupting what the big boys do, because they can't do it the new way, only by understanding what your own core competence is, then we can have a way to succeed. So this is, um, I think, a very interesting story. So I hope to see you all um, again. And um, uh, I will be around this afternoon in the deep dive. So have a good afternoon. Thank you. Thank you very much, Vivica. Thank you very much. That was fierce, right? Oh, my word. You are a powerhouse. Oh. I'm not very powerful, I'm very No, small. exactly. <laughs> small but fierce. Good grief. Compact, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I'm curious. Is there, have we got time for a question, Chris? Yeah? We have uh, one point. Oh, great, yeah. We've got 15 minutes. In, uh, um, one of our previous talk, uh, speakers uh, mentioned the importance of uh, a purpose, as he thought. And I'm curious because you know, a lot of what you talked about kind of made me feel as much intimidated as fascinated um, because you can create so much impact. But how important is purpose when it comes to you know, investment in new companies and developing yeah. So I products? think on the purpose, there are different levels. Shh, the first guys, 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 let's keep your voice I, down. I know that in Germany, it, we always talk about um, sustainability, social good, and all that. But in China, they couldn't even take care of themselves yet. So, what, so the first purpose we have is we help you because you cannot afford a good cup of coffee. So we are making it more affordable so that you, you don't have, you can't, you don't have a lot of money to spend, but you can still uh, you know, have, enjoy a good cup of coffee. So, that's, so our first is make coffee accessible and affordable for everyone. Mm -hmm. Now, once you scale up the business, 
once you attract the people to come, I think the next thing when you become a big business, when you're small, you just you know, want to give them a very good reason why. Mm -hmm. Then they are looking at now um, packaging, for example, that is more environmental friendly, sustainable, etc. But I think it has to go in stages. Mm -hmm. um, when you're, we're not, you're not even consider you as coffee yet, when you're not even there, um, you have to have a really good reason why and what are you giving me in coffee. So I think, you know, they're the different stages. Okay. So first is affordability, good quality. Um, so everyone, as we said, the new retail national coffee. And then next is Purpose scale comes up. later. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank Give you. it up for Vivica Chan, please.